Well, I didn't grow up in Sophia Town because uh, I grew up in uh, in Alberton. Um, because when they grew up, when they were forcefully removed from Sophia Town, I was not born. I was born in 1957. So um, you know, so but it was a magical time that they grew up. I mean, the history of Sophia Town is um, a place where she would reminisce that it used to be all nationalities, Chinese, Africans, coloreds, whites, and everybody lived peacefully together, you know. So that's the memory, and uh, that's why she wrote the song, Sophia Town. I don't know if you ever I've heard, heard a, that song. It's a beautiful Pardon? song. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful, yes, so that's how she described it, like they never had a chance to say goodbye, you know. They were just forcefully removed. So it always, when she sings that song, and you watch her perform it, she literally does not just sing the song, but I think she visualizes what was it like then. And that's why the emotions are so raw with my mom when it comes to Sophia Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tears just fall down her face when she sings that song. <laughs> she does what? I'm just saying even tears fall down her face when she sings she that does. song. Yes. Absolutely, because... Like I'm saying, it's not just singing the song, but she has a visual memory of what was it like then. So, and that's why people can feel, um, you know, the pain. And so, it was uh, apparently it was it was uh, one of those times that um, everybody had their own memory of it. But uh, she really, really has good memories of Sophia Town. And then, um, has she ever told you how her family was forcefully removed from Sophia Town? Well, I think uh, they were all forcefully. There was not picked how her family was. The whole area was being removed. And she said, you know, her father was a shoemaker. My, my granddad was a shoemaker. And you go and you work and you come back. And when you come back, uh, um, none of how you left your home, you find it. Everything was put on trucks and... Uh, you know, and then we moved to Middlelands, but another ended up in Dube. This is where my grandmother settled in, with Dube, and so this is was their home after they've been removed from there. Which was my next question, like, how did you guys end up in Alberton? Because mostly they were moved to, like, um, uh, Soweto and um, the Niger and all of those areas, but you've answered that question for me. And then... Um, yeah, because... Mm-hmm. Because we don't forget now, my mom, yeah, they grew up in Soweto. Then uh, that time my mom got married to my dad. They were, like my colors. they were having these colored areas. And so my mom, they came to Alberton. So I was born in Alberton. What impact did these um, remo- removals have on her? How did um, they help shape her as a person? No, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, it makes you stronger when you see how those people were forcefully removed. Like my mom said, you know, they could take away everything, but uh, this one gift that she left, uh, that she made a, a career out of singing from Sophia Town, and it's something that she has taken that with her until now for the rest of her life was her music. Because music uh, played a very important part in the, the days of the struggles, and so they would keep themselves company through music, and because that's something they all had in common that they could share, you know. And I used to go with her to the Bantu Social Club, La Ilo Street, when I was a little girl, and there you, you find all these different artists getting together. So I think that the power of music played a major role because uh, that was like the... Um, 
their group where everybody would get together and they would, you know, sing or reminisce about what was it like. And then, and then everybody goes to different places. And then when I spoke to Joachim Bully, he always goes on about um, the compensation, you know, for the forced removal. Um, has she ever spoken about um, getting any compensation because her family was um, removed, forcefully removed from Safartown? No, my mother never got one black penny from anything because my mother was never an activist, so to speak, you know. She just wanted to sing and dance and all of that. So um, uh, we, we never got... Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, I think somebody here in Eden Park, where we live right now, mentioned to me from forcefully, also being forcefully removed, Togoza, Cape Stan, to be moved back here in Eden Park. That was another one, too. But uh, my mom never really pursued uh, compensation. And if there is such a thing as compensation, it would be nice to have it. But unfortunately, she never pursued those things. When both of you um, um, perform, I see magic, you know. Um, but but, but what, what is your relationship like with your mother? What is she like as a mother? Oh, I have uh, one of the most incredible relationships with mother and daughter. We are really united in song. Um, my mom is, I mean, I've watched my mom. Uh, singing for her is like food. It's a necessity. She doesn't just sing for the sake of singing. It really, uh, you know, it suits her, her soul. And I could see the reaction from the audiences and the joy that she derived from it. And so I used to say, when I was a little girl and I grew up, I want to be just like my mom. I want to sing and make people happy with music. And uh, when I think of that promise that I made to myself as a little girl, I really am living that dream. I'm living that promise that I've made to myself. And I could see the joy that my mom, like, you know, they've taken so many things away from her. She suffered so many setbacks in her life. But when it comes to music, that's one gift that God gave her that nobody could take from her. What was she like as a mother? Was she strict? Um, what memories? I mean, can, can you tell me as a Oh, my mother. Yeah, my mother was a strict woman when it comes to cleaning. You know, sometimes I used to think she was uh, exaggerating a bit because uh, she would put a glove, white glove. I was, did you clean here? Did you clean here? And all I could hear, the kids are playing in the street and I want to go and play. And she would say to me, if you do it right the first time, you would have long finished and go and play. So I used to cut corners when I would clean or dust. And then I was just about to go and play. And then she would say to me, so you sure you clean? Like she was very good in making you to reason. But when you were young, that reasoning for me, it, I felt like my mom was too strict. Because she will put a white glove and then she will go. And then you were born and you could see the dust. So, you know, and she show you. Ati, I'm going to ask you again. Did you clean la? Me I did. I had to put, she put the glove on. That's the only thing I didn't like about my mom was that, you know. But today I can see the wisdom of cleanliness. And when you do something right, then you have plenty of time to do other things. But now katamakonas, you, you know, you're fooling just yourself. So that part of her I remember. But she was loving. And when she traveled to London and she came back, I mean, I was one of the kids that all the kids in the street, used to come to our home because my mom used to bring me those dolls that can talk when you pull a string and the doll talks. I had like a, a beautiful little area there with my spaza cups and teas and coffees and I was the well-dressed kid on the block. 
she was a good provider, my mom. That that I always remember. And then what qualities would you say you admire from your mother? Well, I think the qualities I admire from my mom is to see the perseverance and her endurance and really um, a God-fearing person, you know, always praying, even though people may not bambo and amazon green. My mom always prayed. She was always thankful to God for everything that she had. And so those are all the qualities I've inherited that I've copied, and I could see the wisdom. That's why she was able to have such a good, long life. And um, it's because she, and it turned about to, she was people's person, my mother. Our home used to be like a mini motel. All the artists, Ebin Gula Pekaya, what dollar brand before become Abdullah Abrahim, Ebin Gula Pekaya, you know. Also, Tim Klina, they used to sleep over there at my mom's house. So she was very hospitable. That's what I, and the kind of Antoine, and she loved people. And that's uh, one of the best assets that my mom had. And just to elaborate, I know you just touched on it, but how did she influence your music and the person that you are today? Well, because, again, like I said, when I was a little girl, I used to observe. You know, like most people, I used to wear my mom's shoes, uh, wear her wigs, uh, and uh, and pretend I'm my mom, you know. And my mom used to say to me, no, this business, show business, it's not about how you look. It's about how you have the respect for your art. And I think it impacted on me that because, you know, most people and, you know, when you go on stage and they see you there for an hour, two hours, you know, uh, but there's a lot of work that went in there. And so I started my own company. I started to invest myself. I didn't wait for somebody to hire me and stuff like that. And every time my mom would come and visit with me, I always make sure that we have a mother and daughter concert because I knew that was the best gift I could give my mother was to give her a microphone and an audience that she's the happiest. Do you feel or does she feel um, appreciated here at home? Uh, that's a two-edged question because when you come to my mom's home, the walls are covered with um, awards that uh, she's been uh, received from government. I mean, Mandela and Becky and them, and even the, the different women's um, leagues. And they have really honored my mom. But I find where it's lacking, they didn't give her what she needed. What my mom needed was to perform, not just to be to get a plug and you put on the wall and she comes home and she sits. My mom, that's the only thing I find that, she was lacking, or that was lacking with her here. When she, in the younger days, they used to perform, and she's an amazing performer and a, and a great entertainer. My mom has a good sense of humor. That's when she becomes alive. But I find that musically, she was withering away here in South Africa. You know, she was not getting the gigs because she didn't have managers and all those people who were looking perhaps out with the So it was always, I call them sometimes the three musketeers. Mm-hmm. You know, Auntie Sophie, uh, I mean, Lorna uh, Abigail and uh, uh, Auntie Dolly and my mom. But I brought them all to Canada. I brought Dolly, Auntie Dolly, Ratebe, Abigail, Gubeka, Sophie, and Trina, my mom, and um, uh, I brought them to Canada. And I was able to showcase these are the women of the 50s. These are the women of Sophia Town. And I had them tell their stories because... I don't even hear their stories sometimes. I've never heard their stories. So I wanted to capture their stories. What was it like growing up in Sophia Town? By the way, I have a DVD, I have a documentary film that I did. 
where they are describing themselves how things used to be those days. So that's what's lacking. I find that, uh, you know, uh, there's not much visibility of, of them. You know, they, everybody's homes are full of, you know, plugs. But my mother used to say her letters of recommendations is not what's on the wall. It's people. So she felt appreciated, but I just find there was there's a lack, especially in the later years. In the early years, it was great those days. But as they're getting older, because um, singing, like I said, is like food, you know, it's like a plant. If you don't put water, it withers away. But the minute my mom, you know, goes on stage, she becomes alive. Always just seeing your mother, she's always um, lively. And like you say, she's a, a people's person. But um, she's also experienced like like robberies, money's be, money being stolen from her. Um, what has kept her going? I think what kept her going is that, uh, as I mentioned, her faith. Because, you know, like I said, my mom, prayer was always a very important part of her life. And always that's how you communicate. Because you show kindness to somebody, you open your home to somebody but people come here with their intentions of coming to steal. How do you know that? So what do you do when somebody, when now you're showing hospitality, as she's always done, but you coming to your home and you steal. And the saddest thing is sometimes even within families, you know, people that are supposed to be taking care of you, they don't, you know. And so it's, it's very sad. But what kept her going, like I said, she loved life. She loves life. And she's not going to stop being hospitable just because people stole her money, they stole the cars, they've done, you know, she got burned, all these horrible things that have happened to my mom. She's still standing. And the people that have done those things to my mother, where are they today? Half of them are dead, if not all of them are dead. And those are stolen from them. They cannot even look her in the eye. My mother walks with her head very high, with her shoulders back and her head up, because she knows that at the end of the day, I did nothing wrong to you. You did something wrong to me. So she's not going to stop living, stop showing kindness, stop opening her home just because of fear of somebody may come and steal or do bad things to her. I understand that you, you did some t- tribute um, concerts in her name overseas. How did, those, how did people receive those concerts? Sold out. My mother is loved in, in Canada. I mean, I've taken my mom to Cuba I've taken her to Japan, not to Japan, to Jamaica. I've taken her to Barbados, to the Caribbean, where we perform with Patti LaBelle, we perform with Roberta Flagg, we perform with Al Rowe, we perform with all these. And she was right there amongst them. And just like, as my mother says, she's an entertainer, performer, you know, that's what I wanted to share with people with my mom. Every time I take out my mother, my mother, my mother, I'm not just speaking about my mom as my mom. I'm talking about this incredible woman with a heart as big as Africa who has this God-given gift is a stage and an audience and a microphone and she have them at hello. All the shows are incredibly sold out, all my shows, and she's loved. You should see my Facebook page of people from all over the world wishing my mom well because not only was she this great entertainer, but Unobuntu Mama and Unotando, and people feel and they sense that about her, and she's loved, you know. And then with um, uh, this, this tragic um, event that had occurred to her as a teenager, the acid attacked, uh, attack, did she learn to forgive those people that did that thing to her? Well, and that's another thing to correct you. It was not an acid attack. This is why so much stories have been told about my mom, like it was acid 
or it was because a man was involved. It, no, it was petrol that was thrown on my mom. It's not acid. Okay. And uh, because she was supposed to go to Japan, to go and perform in Japan, and with the money that she was going to get there, she was going to open a daycare, a crutch for the kids. Because, as I mentioned earlier, our home was like a mini motel. So all kinds of people used to come there. And, of course, it attracts Avantuana in the streets. They used to come to our yard. So jealousy is what happened uh, to my mom. Nothing else but just pure jealousy and the best friend. So my mom always used to say, the people that are going to hurt you is not a stranger that comes off the street. If somebody that comes into your home, they eat and they drink with you, are the ones. And even the ones who steal from you, it's not somebody coming off. It's someone who's been in your home who sees what you have. I can't come and steal something from you that I have not seen. So, and all those people, they're all dead, as I mentioned. She's walking on top of them. She used to use that term. I'm walking on top of them because she's still standing. And my mom's motto is everybody know that they can burn my face but never my voice. And she lived uh, with that uh, line because it was not about how you look. Again, it was this God-given talent that she had. And she's going to use it. And she used it wisely. Mm. And she showed a lot of, lot of people. Today, people focus. Everything is so external. You know, very materialistic. My mom, she still stays in she never moved, you know, to say, hey, I'm gonna, and there's nothing wrong if you can afford to live there, live there. That's fine. But uh, she used to tell me, I'm going to come back. You know, she stayed in the community. She lived in this community despite all the bad things that happened. She said, I'm not running away. I'm staying right here in my house, my little house. I'm staying right here. So all these things that I've observed about my mom, really, really, the immense of respect I have for my mom, and um, like I mentioned earlier, her perseverance and endurance, despite all these terrible things that have happened to her, it hasn't dampened her spirit. And this is the first time now when I see my mom being so ill that I find that, you know, there's nothing she can do, that nothing we can all do. It's part of growing older. And unfortunately, we all grow up and we die. But at least she's dying a death that she lived a full life, a full life. She's traveled that song, Ati My Way, when she articulates the words of the songs, that she did everything her way. When she sings the songs, and I love you so, she articulates the words, so every word counts. So she doesn't just sing for the sake of singing. Uh, she makes sure that uh, people understand the words of the song. It's not about the beat or the rhythm. It's about the words and the lyrics in the songs. So, you know. I don't know if I heard something that you were planning to write a book on, 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 on Mam Tandi or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's been... This was something that I've worked on for a long time. But every time, of course... Uh, I was hoping that it will be happening even way before, you know, mom gets sick. I wanted to be part of it and to be able to read and for her to be able to um, laugh about some things, you know, and cry about some things. But my mom's always been very proud of me.